1: So what
2: is Paul saying to them? By you being generous with me, thank you so much, but this was good for you too. The gifts they gave to Paul were accruing eternal dividend. We don't understand how all that works, but it was a huge principle that he'd learned. Here's what Paul learned, and you have to learn it. Write it down this morning. Sharing ourselves and our resources with others does us good.
0: You've probably heard the saying about there never being a U-Haul following a hearse, (laughs) referring to the fact that when you die, your stuff stays here. Did you know that for the Christ follower, that statement's not exactly true? Jesus taught a lot about heavenly treasures, and he gave instructions on how to earn them. Pastor Mark will be teaching the same principle, using the writings of the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. The kindnesses you show to others on Christ's behalf will accumulate in your eternal bank account to be given to you when you get to heaven. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, The Joy of Sharing Ourselves with Others.
2: Well, I was teaching on setting those things behind us, and we need to go forward. So I had the people at the start get their hands up. Now, first, to say in a Presbyterian church, get your hands up. They're looking at me like, as young as this guy?" And then I said, "You got to go like this." And they're smiling. And they're just laughing at each other. What is this all about? And then I said, "You know, you have to love God, and you have to." And they're doing they're doing this. And my wife turns, was sitting next to the pastor's wife. She says. Man, oh, man, he's so animated today. She says, okay, it's okay, we need it. <laughs> yes. You know what's special? I've done this many, many times. When you teach, and then the interpreter is anointed as you teach, whoo, you can feel God. And Jamie was going for it. It was fan- It was like we were together. He was finishing things before I started. It was. It was just God. And at the end of the services, at the end of the day, There was a choir singing and uh, they were practicing. And as they saw me leave the sanctuary after we had lots of people that ministered at the altar and whatever, which is very unusual for them, but it was good. As they were leaving, they were kind of waving by, And I went, no, 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 no. And they went, oh, yeah, bye, Pastor Mark. So it was great. Now, how did that happen? Because of you. I was representing you in all the churches and I was representing God. I wasn't representing myself. We were taking over something that we do that God has helped us to do. We were taking it over there. That's the first place ever that they've even thought about a video campus. And how they spread the gospel. That's because you guys were part of it. You. Paul was encouraging people. And I just want to encourage you this morning. When we step out, God takes care of us. So thanks for your prayers. Now, when Paul mentions that only one church gave, and all the rest didn't, what could happen in Paul's heart? Could Paul get discouraged? Say yes. I'm sure he was discouraged, but it didn't allow him to focus on the churches that didn't give, because he encouraged the church that did give. Do you see the difference? He was positive, not negative. I just want to say this to you. All of us are in ministry. And if you're going to be in ministry, you're going to get hurt. There's going to be people that discourage you. Don't let it keep you out of ministry. Just go forward. Well, so Pastor Mark, I'm here now because I've been hurt. I'm not going to get involved anymore. I don't want to be around people. You can't live without people. Just get over it. Get back and get yourself plugged in. Well, I might get hurt again. Yeah, probably will. There are people. Hello. But the benefits outweigh the negative. Get back with evil. So Paul is near. So how does that work in a church? How does this body thing work? Well, let me show you Romans. Paul writes about it. Very clear to us. Take a look. Romans chapter 12. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're all parts Of one body. While I'm over there and Chris is on the internet and whatever, we're part of this body. We're just ministering to another body for God. And we're all parts of his one body. And since each of us has different work to do, and since we're all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs the other. You see, I need you and you need me financially, emotionally, and spiritually. Here in our church, we kind of have five core values, things that come from the scripture that have to be in place for us to grow spiritually. Let me show you one of those. It's one of our five C's. It's simply called connect, connect to others in personal, vibrant relationships. Now we can't force you to do this But I want to challenge you this morning. In the Bible, there's 50 plus one another commands. It's all about you hanging together, doing things. We're not complete by each other. Many of you will come, and I'm so glad you're here. You'll come to a Sunday, and then you'll leave. And you have no relationship with anybody else, again, till the next week you come or two weeks later. And then you leave. I want you to begin changing that mentality. Let me read to you these, some of these commands of the 50. Do love. Receive. Do greet. Do submit. Do serve. Do confess. Do forgive. Do encourage one another. Now, how are you going to obey that if you're not around people? Don't devour. Don't irritate. Don't be jealous. Speak. Don't speak evil. Don't lie. Don't provoke. Don't judge one another. So let me just challenge you. During the summer... On our Saturday night times. They're fun times. Come on, get out here. Be with us. Get into a small group. Philippians chapter 4, verse 16. Notice something else about their giving. Paul says this. For even when I was in Thessalonica, another time, not in prison, you sent me aid, watch the words, again and again when I was in need. Paul says that the Philippians had been especially attentive and generous, but not just once. They were consistent in their sharing. They were constantly sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. So notice what that means. Write this down. Sharing ourselves with others is a lifestyle. It's not a one-time event. If I'm going to share with you, I'm going to have to be around you. I'm going to share my person. I'm going to share encouragement. I'm going to share my things. I'm going to simply have to be around you. Paul says, they didn't just do it once. It was an ongoing thing. And then look at verse 17. Something new that's hard for us to understand. Paul says, not that I'm looking for a gift. As I said to you earlier, Paul didn't write and say, uh, I'm really in need. You know, you watch Christian TV. All you hear is give, 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 give. Paul said, No, I went to God and God took care of it. Then he said this I'm looking for what may be credited, underline these words, to your account. Paul says, Thanks. He's writing to the church. You would just open the letter and we'd be reading it. I'd be reading it to you. Thanks for your kindness and generosity. And Paul would say, Your gifts, your financial gifts, have met my need and they've helped me to spread the gospel. But he said, It wasn't really only about me. You need to understand, by giving, it didn't just benefit me. It added to your account. What account was Paul talking about? Keep your finger there. We'll be right back. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. You see, Paul knew that the things we do here have an effect eternally. So he says, yes, you did meet my need. But more than that, it was good for you. So look at First Timothy. You see where it is right there. You're just a couple of books down. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. Paul is writing this to Timothy. Notice what he says. Command them to do good. To be rich in good deeds. Not suggest, command. And to be generous. Here's our term for the day. And willing to share. In this way, watch this, they lay up treasure for themselves. So generous people are laying up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of life that is truly life. So what is he talking about? Here's the answer, write it down. Every Christ follower has a heavenly bank Account. That's what Paul's talking about. So it may be credited to your account. Now, how many of you are getting rich on the interest in your current bank account here in the United States? Less than 1%. You look at it, it never changes. It just as nothing happened. Paul says, every one of us have a heavenly bank account. And its interest is way better than it here on earth. It's actually out of this world. Some of you didn't get a By the time you get home, you'll catch that one. So what is Paul saying to them? By you being generous with me, thank you so much. But this was good for you too. The gifts they gave to Paul were accruing eternal dividends. We don't understand how all that works. But it was a huge principle that he'd learned. Here's what Paul learned, and you have to learn it. Write it down this morning. Sharing ourselves and our resources with others does us good. So what am I saying? Sharing ourselves and our resources with others, it helps them, but who else does it help? If you share with others, what does it do to you? Does it help you or hurt you? It helps you. Raise your hand and say, it It helps you. Raise your hand. If I share myself with others, it does what to me? It helps. Not get No, no, just catch your hand raised. It helps who? It helps me. See, our world doesn't understand that. Okay, Pastor Mark, you're going to talk about tithing right now, correct? No. You see, we have this funky thing that if we walk into a church and they talk about sharing yourself... Or your time, good. But the minute you mention money, there's chills down people's minds. But see, we miss, look at this principle. Sharing ourselves and our resources with others does good. How do I know that's a true principle? Well, Paul just told us, but it goes way back to the Old Testament. Look at what Proverbs says. A generous man will prosper. What does the world say? Exactly the opposite. You hoard yourself and that's how you prosper. No, 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 no. God's rules are very different. When we share ourselves and others, we prosper. Look what he continues. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. If you never learn that principle, you will always be stingy with yourself and your time. You will become a taker And always self-centered. There's no joy in that. And there's nothing going to the eternal bank account. Now I want you to think about this. Paul tells us that giving benefits those who give more than those who receive. Because there's eternal benefits. So let's stop for a moment. Have a little seal a moment. What does your... Eternal bank account look like this morning? It's just for your own thought. What have you been investing? Is there anything going to heaven? Is there treasure going to heaven? Pastor Mark, how does treasure get there? Doing what God says, being involved with people, being around people, sharing with people, sharing our tithes and offerings, being givers, not takers. See, as we're doing that, it's always being accredited in that eternal account. Now, if you do it because that's why you're doing it, you lost it all. But if you know that's just a side benefit, you get the joy of giving. By the way, Jesus once said this. It's better to give. You can finish it, can't you? Than what? It's a nice statement. It can't be true. No, it is true. It's better to give than it is received. The sooner you and I learn that, why is it hard to learn it? Because I have a, come on, I gave to them. What are they giving back to me here? That's our old nature. No, our new nature is different. It's better to give than it is received. Now go back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, our last verse. Take a look. Paul writes something that's kind of outside of us. He goes back to the Old Testament. It's very interesting. I want you to watch it. He said, I've received full payment and even more. In other words, everything you brought to me was beautiful. Look at it. He says, I'm amply supplied. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus, who brought the gifts from the church at Philippi, the gifts you sent. Then he says something we're totally unaware of. These gifts, this finance, they are a fragrant offering An acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. You see, the church at Philippi supported Paul with their contributions. Papaditis came with it. And then Paul says, as I got the gifts, they were like, notice what it says, they were a fragrant offering. When I received these gifts, it was like there was a fragrance that came off of the money. And it went up to heaven. Paul was relating the gifts to the Old Testament sacrifices. Let me show you what that looks like. Leviticus 1:19. It's a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Let me explain to you how that works. Let's take a little trip back to the Old Testament. Everybody's born with sin. We have a holy God. And how can we get rid of our sin? Well, in the Old Testament, God had a temporary way called offerings, sacrifices. And uh, there was lots of different sacrifices, meal sacrifices, but one of the common ones was a burnt offering. And so if I'm in the Old Testament and I have sin and you have sin, I would bring an animal to the temple I would place my hands often on the animal and confess my sins. That was a transferring of my sins to an animal. The animal had to be as good as possible. It wasn't second class. It wasn't old animal. It was the best you could bring. And you weren't required to bring it. If you look up burnt offerings, it was voluntary. You wanted to get rid of the guilt that sin causes in all So you would put your hands on that animal. And the priest then would take it, and he would burn the sacrifice. It would be totally burned up. There would be nothing left with it. Now, it didn't really remove your sin. It simply covered your sin. And as that sacrifice was happening, the smoke was going up to heaven. And in a way, that doesn't make sense because God doesn't have nostrils, He was smelling that as a sweet savor. Why? Because the person who came came willingly. The person knew that God said to do this. And he offered the sacrifices and he obeyed God. And see, obeying God is more important than sacrificing. But it was still a beautiful picture. And that went up to God. Now we come to the New Testament. When Jesus walked on the scene, John the Baptist, his cousin, the first time he saw him, he said this. Whoa, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. So what happened in the New Testament? All the Old Testament sacrifices no longer needed because there was one perfect sacrifice to take care of our sin. Who was that? Jesus. Did he willingly go to the cross? Yes, he did. No, the Romans, no, no. He willingly, the Father, no. Jesus said, No man takes my life, I offer it. Did he give his all? He did. He totally died. What happened after that sacrifice? Our sins are no longer covered, they're removed. As far as the east is from the west, I have no more guilt. It was done, the book of Hebrews says, once and for all. That's why Jesus on the cross said, It is finished. Hallelujah. Now, you're here, you're not a Christian. How are you going to get rid of your sin? See, man's greatest need is not financial, it's spiritual. Your sin separates you from a holy God. How are you going to get rid of your sin? Well, we try good works. That isn't going to work. You try being part of a church, that won't work. There's only one person that can remove your sins. He's the way and the truth and the life. And that's Jesus. But Paul says in that day that that offering, that smoke went up. As a beautiful aroma. It was a burnt offering. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12 and we'll finish the teaching today. Paul knew this principle. And Paul knew that God was interested in every part of us. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Therefore, I urge you brothers... In view of God's mercy, because he's been good for you, to offer, not required, not forced, to willingly offer your bodies. What is Paul talking about? I'm to offer myself, my mind, my desires, my actions, my total being. I'm to offer my body as a living sacrifice. That's very different. In the Old Testament, the burnt offering, it was dead. This is a living sacrifice. Notice what does that mean? We offer ourselves willingly. We're living. We're alive to God and we're dead to self. And then he finishes it. Holy and pleasing to God. This is the right thing to do. Since he's shown you mercy. It's a logical thing to do. This is your spiritual act of worship. So what does that mean to me today? Here it is, last thing you need to write this morning. Christ follower, we need to learn to die to self and live for God. I want us to go now to the very last verse. You can pick these other things up later. They're just side issues that we can talk about. But let's go all the way to our last verse this morning. Earlier, Paul told us a secret of this. Notice what he says don't look out for your own interests. Now, Paul doesn't say, don't even care for yourself. He knows we will. He says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too.
0: In today's message, Pastor Mark talked about the sacrifice that sharing yourself with others can be. He used the example of the Levitical sacrifices to show the attitude you need to have to honor God. You taught that the Bible tells you that you have to die to your own desires. You need to be aware of other people's needs and become willing to share your time, talent, money and resources to help meet their needs. This ends the teaching, The Joy of Sharing Ourselves with Others. Next time, we will begin the final teaching in this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. Pastor Mark will share his message, Learning to Trust God, Our Provider. He'll talk about how God is able to meet all of your needs if you're willing to let go of your fears, stop relying on your own strength to provide everything, and then take a leap of faith and put your dependence upon God. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.
1: in a hurry